Okay, so now that we know what it is, how it got here, uh, you can actually go and do this yourself. I will link you down below to not the Ars Technica article, but the actual original article. The gentleman has gone so far as to commit to updating a consistent build of this open source code so that any updates that the Google team makes, we can see. So this is really cool and really exciting stuff. I'm, I'm messing around with it right now as we speak in my hands and I like the direction. Uh, it's very simple. It's very WebOS reminiscent, to be honest. Uh, it sort of does away with the idea of the app and focuses more on cards. Like you, you, it's almost like your phone will learn skills, tasks, things it can do, and you can switch between those tasks, which I think is very exciting. And that's something that I've long wanted. Uh, the UI is really nice and crisp and clean and simple. Obviously, it's not, it's not complete. It looks very much like a wireframe. So I wouldn't treat this as an actual design choice. This is just sort of working within the, the Google material design guideline areas of, of, of design that, you know, this is, I would not take this for much. Um, so here's, here's a quick verbal walkthrough of, of what you see. First thing you see when you open up Fuchsia is you've got a little profile photo, the, the time and where you are, a battery indicator. If you tap on your profile photo, that expands into more information. So you've got battery info, what Wi-Fi you're connected to. You've got your mobile network, volume slider, brightness slider, airplane mode, do not disturb, rotation, log out and a more button. Log out button and more both don't do anything right now. None of this does anything right now. This is purely a UI tour. These buttons don't actually do anything on your device, so don't worry about hitting them. Go ahead and press them, have fun. From there, uh, if you swipe downward, pull downward, you'll see a long list of cards, and these cards are the app, presumably, uh, that you are, are, are pulling open. And opening one of them, pulls it all the way down to the bottom of your list so that when you exit it by pulling or pu pushing or I guess hitting the little home dot, I don't know if that's a dot or if it's, a, it's intended to be a button, uh, it'll close the card and then the card will be at the bottom of that list. It's just always and forever chronologically ordered. Uh, once you're done in there, you can scroll all the way back up. You can see like it'll keep that list. Once you're scrolling though, all the data from what was in your profile winds up moving to the bottom of the screen and then fading a little bit so that it's barely visible. Uh, in fact, I think it fades entirely. From any one of these screens, you can pull up from the bottom to pull up this little Google Now card, it looks like, and you can ask for anything and you can tap on that and you can, it gives you a, a new look for a keyboard. So we can say, uh, rock and roll. Nope, there's like nothing in here, that's fine. Uh, it's got a little mock-up, autocorrect, and then mock-up suggestions here uh, for for the, the results. And each one of those pops into its own card. So it's, it's almost as if your device will learn how to do things, and if your device knows how to do that thing, a card will work for that thing, for that purpose, for that task, for that activity, right? So this is a lot of what we've been talking about on the, on the station, about UI, UX, how we're going to interact with search, how search results are going to be presented to us even, how we are going to need to interact with 
uh, a computer, a machine, or in this case, maybe an AI in order to be able to get the most out of it, but also be intuitive for the average user. This is an interesting take. I like this idea. It's very simple, very clean. It's, uh, it, I, I like the idea of ask me for anything. If I want to play a game, I'll type in a game. And this is exactly what I've always asked for. These suggestions here should be based on what I'm doing, what day it is, what you've learned about me. Uh, I really like the simplicity here. It's almost like someone like me who is so used to information density is somehow burning out on all of it. Hey, do yourself a favor. Go grab yourself the Armadillo app. Have fun with it. Poke around. Hit that call in button. Let me know what you think about Fuchsia OS and the future of Android. Okay, so we're going to take an entire segment here just to talk about Fuchsia what Fuchsia even is, Armadillo, Magenta, all these things. We're going to talk about all these things first, and then we're going to talk about the actual app, the Armadillo app, and what's in there, what it looks like, how it behaves, what the deal is, how we feel about it. I've got it running here on my Pixel XL. Uh, very cool so far. So why don't we get into it? Let's see, let's see what all this stuff is about. You might have seen this article going around from Ron Amadio on on Ars Technica, Google's Fuchsia smartphone OS dumps Linux has a wild new UI. Okay, so basically, Google loves, <laughs> as we all know, Google loves to, to work on multiple things at once. And uh, this is Google's sort of internal project vision of a, a future mobile OS. It's intended for devices that are powerful, uh, they actually have a specific target criteria. Check this out. This is a quote. Modern phones and modern personal computers with fast processors, non-trivial amounts of RAM, with arbitrary peripherals doing open-ended computation. Okay, so that's the end, end quote, end quote. That's, that's what Fuchsia is targeted for, right? So presumably whatever phone it is that we've got when it's ready, okay? Um, it's it's an interesting take that isn't what you are used to on Android, not just because of how it looks and behaves, but because of the technology underpinnings underneath the hood. First of all, it, it dumps the Linux kernel, which is a pretty big deal because even, even the Google Pixel is still stuck on Linux kernel 3.18, which was released in 2014. It moves over away from Linux, which means it also ditches GPL towards a, an in-house Google-developed microkernel that they're calling Magenta, okay? So moving away from GPL also means that there's a new license for the OS. So it would be licensed under a mix of BSD3 clause, MIT, and Apache 2.0. The interface and the apps for it are gonna be written using Google's Flutter SDK. It produces cross-platform code, a lot like, like React, React Native, a lot of the things that are being used on mobile devices these days, and they're written in Dart which is Google's sort of reboot of JavaScript. Uh, and on mobile, it focuses on high performance, 120 frames per second apps, and it uses a Vulkan-based graphics renderer called Escher. And Vulkan is also new as of 
uh, Marshmallow, I believe, is when it was introduced, which is Google's newest native graphics rendering engine, right? So this lists a, quote, volumetric soft shadows as one of its features, uh, which is cool. Seems to be built custom to run on Google's shadow-heavy material design guidelines, which I love. I'm into that. I really, really like the the digital paper feel that Google is going for with material design. I think it works really well for this sort of in-between phase that we're in as technology is graduating into these new forms of UI and UX. Now, what's especially kind of cool here is, A, we don't know if we're ever going to see this. Google scraps projects all the time, and Android was worked on under, under cover for a long time, for a year, two years, before we even wound up seeing anything of it publicly. So it's going to be a long time before we see this. So this isn't something that, we're, that Google's going to announce or release next week or anything like that. The only reason we even have a visual on it is because... This code is open source and public, but it's just that no one has gone to the effort of taking that code, compiling it, and building it out into an app that would actually show off what the code is doing. And since Google hasn't been shining a light on it, no one's been looking in that direction. Well, this dude just did a full-on write-up of how to build Fuchsia, the OS, from the open source code and suddenly people took interest because of this ron saw it and 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 did this huge deep dive which he loves to do and is so good at on ars technica and that's how we got here 